Our planet Earth home spins around her sun and tilts on her axis as she spins. Moving us now in our northern lands away from the sun's rays. The days become shorter, the nights longer. Temperatures cool and we light fires and we switch on boilers and we put on more layers of clothes. And we gather together with others as people have always done to bring one another good cheer, to support one another, to rekindle connections forged by love. And so we gather here on this autumn morning here on Zoom, bringing as we must do all the stuff of our lives, the joys, the worries, both emptiness and fullness, happiness and sadness, determination and uncertainty. It's all here now with us, isn't it? For we carry life with us, precious cargo and great burden as it may feel at different times. So I invite you now to take a moment to acknowledge. Let's acknowledge to ourselves how we are feeling at this moment. Let's think of the journey that's brought us here, the life journey that hopefully reminds us that it's worth getting up and gathering with others, that life has more to offer when it's shared with other people. And let's remind ourselves and in so doing, remind one another that all are welcome here, whoever you are, however you are, whatever has brought you here this morning. Let's encourage each other to be truly who we are here in community, one with another. And let me welcome you all to this, our virtual community of Kensington Unitarians, created not just by those of you who are here with us on Zoom this morning, but also by a goodly uh, bunch of podcast listeners around the world, and an especial welcome to those of you who will be watching this gathering on a video sometime in the future. Welcome. Welcome to you all. Today, we're exploring a theme of darkness 
in keeping with our move towards autumn here in Britain. And as I light this chalice flame, connecting us as it does with Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities the world over, may it remind us of our human need for both life and dark in life, for we cannot have one without the other. May this flame also remind us of our human need for the good company of others. We are social creatures and we are nourished one by another. And I invite you now to take those joys and concerns that so weave us, don't they, into a, a fabric of community. Let's take our joys and our sorrows, particularly the issues that we might be holding in our hearts this day. Let's take those into a time of prayer and reflection. Let us pray. Author Ian Sinclair writes, if people are telling you a story about themselves, they gradually map their own local territories and know themselves better. And so as we join together in this time of reflection and prayer, blessed and inspired by the spirit of life and love that holds us all in the embrace of existence. Let us be aware of all the people in this virtual room together now. And aware of the wider community of which we are part. Strengthened, I hope, by this time of togetherness enabled to go a little deeper in our thoughts and prayers here together now. In these communities, we share the stories of our lives. Let's think in gratitude of all those who have listened to us over the years. And we too, we listen to the stories of others. May we work always to be better listeners, less sure perhaps of what we are hearing and of what we think to be true. More curious and gentle explorers of other people's perspectives, their hopes and fears. May we, through our telling and our listening to the stories of lives, come to know ourselves and one another better. 
May each and every one of us feel encouraged to be who we truly are. May we have the courage to be ourselves and allow others the freedom to be themselves. And oh, how shall we listen to the stories of our world community this day? How can we expand our thinking beyond right and wrong, beyond goodies and baddies, to a deeper understanding that knows the place where we are all one? All expressions of one light, one love, one humanity that has such diversity amidst our oneness. In stillness now, let us direct the thoughts and prayers of our hearts to those we hold in love and care, as well as those we find more difficult to love those we may disapprove of or fear. May we truly understand love's ability to transcend all difference and may our transcending love help in the healing of our world this day and all days. And to that aspiration, let us each say, Amen. That so may it be. Here are some extracts from an excellent book by Rachel Naomi Remen called Kitchen Table Wisdom, Stories That Heal. Everybody is a story. When I was a child, people sat around kitchen tables and told their stories. We don't do that so much anymore. Sitting around the table telling stories is not just a way of passing time. It is the way the wisdom gets passed along. The stuff that helps us to live a life worth remembering. Despite the awesome powers of technology, many of us still do not live very well. We may need to listen to each other's stories once again. Most of the stories told now are written by novelists and screenwriters, acted out by actors and actresses. Stories that have beginnings and endings. Stories that are not real. The stories we can tell each other have no beginning and ending. They are a front row seat to the real experience. Even though they may have happened in a different time or place, they have a familiar feel. In some way, they are about us, too. Real stories take time. 
We stopped telling stories when we started to lose that sort of time. Pausing time, reflecting time, wondering time. Life rushes us along and few people are strong enough to stop on their own. Most often something unforeseen stops us and it is only then we have the time to take a seat at life's kitchen table to know our own story and tell it, to listen to other people's stories, to remember that the real world is made of just such stories. Until we stop ourselves, or more often have been stopped, we hope to put certain of life's events behind us and get on with our living. After we stop, we see that certain of life's issues will be with us for as long as we live. We will pass through them again and again, each time with a new story, each time with a greater understanding, until they become indistinguishable from our blessings and our wisdom. It's the way life teaches us how to live. morning so I'm Sonia and I'm going to be bringing us a interactive eyes open eyes closed meditation today which I call embracing the darkness and just as we need the light for our well-being we also need the dark just as the bear that needs to go into the cave to hibernate, to restore, to replenish before coming back into the light. So do we humans. So we're just going to start with uh, healing for our eyes and those of us who are wearing glasses might want to take the glasses off and we're just going to rub our hands and place them gently over our eyes. So. It's as if we're preparing the fire on these cold winter nights and very gently closing your eyes, placing your hands over your eyes and allowing a big breath to receive the calming dark energy coming from our hands. Giving some time for the eyes to rest, for the head to rest, and for all the body to come into a place of quiet, peaceful, calming, dark spaces. And then removing the hands, gently opening the eyes, Taking a breath again, I'm going to look around your room. I'm going to look around and focus on something that you love and that you have a joy to look at every day. 
And if you can't find something immediately, maybe it's a color that you love in your space. And I just want you to look at it without trying or just allowing the beauty of what you see, the light that it emanates to enter your being. And you might have a, a sensation or a memory or a story that goes with that, that makes you feel good. I'm looking at a painting which has green and black and blue and I bought it when I was on holiday and it was a gift I gave myself and um, it just makes me feel good when I look at it and calm. So I wonder what that is for you. And then gently close your eyes. Often we need to turn off the light to allow the dark to help us integrate all that we receive. And again, taking a breath and breathing in that, the beauty of the dark, the luminous dark into our bodies. As we integrate and give us the gift of this extra hour we've been given during winter to restore, to rest, to hibernate, in whatever way brings you peace or joy or calm to your nerves, to your body, to your mind, to your emotions. And I recall a couple of memories that I associate the magic and the mystery of darkness So when I go to the theater or the cinema or a concert, that moment when the lights go down, there's this excitement, there's this calmness as I prepare to receive something new, some light. But I need the darkness in order to prepare, in order to receive. Or when there's a full moon, I love going out in the dark because I feel the moon and the glow of the twinkling stars that much more profoundly when I'm walking in the dark. And of course there's birthdays, which we've heard today, you know, we have to turn off the lights, put the candles on, blow the candles out, make a wish in that silent, dark, mystical place. So I wonder what that is for you, and if you have any of those sort of connections with befriending darkness in your life. And we're going to take that into a three-minute silent meditation for yourselves. And then coming out of that silence, we're going to hear the piece of music by 
Simon and Garfunkel, which you may know. And it's called Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, played by Sandra. And so now we take ourselves into the silence to befriend the light and the dark. Thank you.
I've, um, I've called this address Eating the Darkness. And I have um, to thank Phil Cousineau, the writer and collector of stories, for this description, Eating the Darkness. And he was given it by a shaman in the Philippines who used it to describe the telling of stories in the dark evenings with just firelight to illuminate the gathered people's faces. Now here in Britain, in the 21st century, the clocks have now been turned back. We had that comfort of that extra hour in bed, didn't we, this morning? But we know, we know that extra hour is the gift we receive in return for an earlier sunset and longer nights now as we head towards winter. I've long been fascinated by the relatively recent arrival of readily available light for us humans. Because for most of our species time here on Earth, our light sources were primarily the sun and the moon and the light of a fire. Lives were governed, governed by the presence or absence of the greater light of the sun and the lesser light of the moon and by the availability of fuel to burn on a fire or later in history to make into torches and candles, oil lamps. Now, a while ago, some of us visited the Ice Age Art Exhibition here in London at the British Museum. And one of the pieces that I stared at for a long time then is known as the Lion Man. So I got in touch with the British Museum and I asked them if I could borrow this Lion Man figure, but all they'd give me was this picture on a mug. But I wonder if it gives you a little sense or perhaps some of you saw that exhibition. I'll read the, um, the exhibition catalog description of this to see if it brings it a little bit more to life. They write that the Lion Man is a masterpiece, sculpted with great originality virtuosity and technical skill from mammoth ivory, this 40,000 year old image found in a cave in southern Germany is 31 centimeters tall. It has the head of a cave lion with a partly human body. He stands upright, perhaps on tiptoes, legs apart and arms to the sides of a slender cat-like body with strong shoulders like the hips and thighs of a lion. His gaze, like his stance, is powerful and directed at the viewer. The details of his face show he is attentive. He is watching and he is listening. He's powerful, mysterious, and from a world beyond ordinary nature. He is the oldest known representation of a being that does not exist in physical form, but symbolizes ideas about the supernatural. So all of that's from the British Museum catalogue. The figure, the figure made of bone, is worn as though it's been handled, passed around a group perhaps, and we'll never know its original use or meaning. What we do know is that when uh, people experimented in our age with similar tools and materials, it took 400 hours at least to make a figure like this. So this was a society that had time to make something beautiful. In the exhibition, there was a film of this figure being held in front of a source of light, a flickering light perhaps, and showing the remarkable shadows it would have cast on a cave wall. 
so atmospheric. This figure may well have had spiritual or societal significance. It seems likely to have been used in the telling of stories, myths perhaps, that may well have helped those people in the Ice Age deal with the living of their lives. We 21st century people, well, we have our TVs and our books to tell us stories, don't we? And we have light sources that we can switch on and off if we want. I'd like to say that we all have sources of warmth we can turn on to. Though we do well to remember, don't we, how many people in our society face fuel poverty as winter comes. People who stay cold because they fear not having enough money to put into the prepayment meter. Two people this week have mentioned to me going to bed a bit earlier so they don't need to keep the heating on. The times we're living in, they're very unequal, aren't they? The times we are living in are also quite disturbing for many of us. As governments of the world struggle to contain the COVID-19 virus and manage the pressures that it brings to any health service. And I think many of us are struggling a bit too, aren't we? Uncertain how to best live our lives in safety, struggling to maintain livelihoods and to keep our social connections strong. We all have particular versions of this current life story to tell, don't we? That shamanic phase, eating the darkness. It connects me with the words that we heard earlier from Rachel Naomi Remen. She was trained and worked as a doctor for many years. And through her work, she realized the damage that can be done to patients if medical systems treat their symptoms alone rather than the whole person. The whole person within a familial and societal setting. Rachel Naomi Remen has done so much to encourage medics to explore their patients' life stories with them. Everybody is a story, she tells us, and real stories take time. Well, here in Britain, as we're moving into the darker time of the year, well, what better way to spend our time than in the telling of stories and the listening to stories told to us by others? Autumn and winter invite us encourages us to, prevent, to befriend the darkness, as Sonia's meditation suggested. And in the telling of our stories, we're perhaps enabled to digest our lives better, another way of eating the darkness, coming to understand our own life journey, being nourished and even strengthened by what we have experienced, rather than held back or limited by our past. Friends, these are not easy times for many of us, but let's do what we can to make best use of the circumstances we find ourselves in. Let's do some collective eating of the darkness this winter and await the spring's new growth that will arrive in its own good time. Amen. And so we have an opportunity to sing a hymn now. If you'd rather just read the words that are going to appear on the screen, that's fine. We have the uh, Unitarian Music Society to thank uh, for this recording. And the hymn is called, When Our Heart Is In A Holy Place, with its line that's so connected with me, with this um, theme of today's service. When we tell our story from deep inside and we listen, with a loving mind, 
and we hear our voices in each other's words, then our heart is in a holy place. And if you like singing, everyone, well, here on Zoom, you can join in with full voice, safe in the knowledge that we'll all be muted. Nobody's going to hear us. That's a great hymn. Good to sing it with you. Uh, and so we have some announcements now. Uh, my thanks go to Jane and Jenny for the crucial background work of hosting today. And of course, to Sandra, our pianist, great music. And thank you, Jenny, for our reading. And Sonia, I'd like you to lead me in that meditation every day, please, now throughout the autumn and winter months. Um, it's really good to spend time with you all here today. Uh, we'll be back again for next uh, week's gathering at 10 a.m. here on Zoom. And next week is going to be All Souls, and we'll be having a simple ritual to honour those we love who have died. And we'll be sending out some information about how to join in with that. You're also welcome, as always, to join our virtual coffee morning on Tuesday at 10.30 this week. Um, don't forget that the West London Green Spirit Group's next meeting is on Saturday, the 31st of October. We'll be honouring Sarain or Halloween, and um, you're very welcome to join us. Get in touch with me for details of that. And do make a note uh, that our next Thursday at three group is going to be a poetry sharing it's on November the 5th at 3pm Thursday. Uh, bring a favourite poem that fits the time of year. And thank you, as I say every week now, to everyone who's made a donation recently to help our church finances or uh, who's taken out um, 
a, a standing order to help us out. It's really making a difference. Thank you for your generosity. Um, we have a, a virtual coffee time to chat after this service in small groups, if you'd like to join in. And we like to take a photo straight at the end of the music at the end of the service. So do stick around if you don't mind being in a photo. We're going to have some closing words in a moment, followed by Sandra playing George Harrison's Here Comes the Sun. It will come back. It will remind us that the light returns. So I invite you to select gallery view now so that we can all see each other. Let's enjoy that feeling of connection in community and have a look at each other. And so I extinguish our chalice flame, but not the warmth of this community. And I send the light of this candle out into the world for all those who feel unable to eat the darkness, whose life stories are hidden. And may each of us in the days ahead cherish the stories of our lives and take time to explore the stories told by others. Let us be good companions for one another along this sometimes rocky, sometimes wonderful road of life. Amen. Go well, all of you, in the coming week, and blessed be. <laughs>